0: everyone. My name is Kirk Bachman and welcome back to The Ultimate Dish. In today's episode, we're speaking with Tiffany Moore, a United States Army veteran, entrepreneur, and co-owner of the Exquisite Event Hall at Cascade, located in Southwest Atlanta. While deployed to Kuwait in support of Operation Iraqi Freedom, Tiffany suffered an injury downrange that required multiple cervical spine surgeries and rendered her unable to walk for a time. Although doctors told her that she would never be able to pursue her dream of opening a restaurant or to work in the culinary field, through incredible determination, Tiffany graduated with honors from Augusta Scoffier School of Culinary Arts in 2019, and then went on to win multiple grants to start her own restaurant, Lola Pecan. Join us today as we chat with Tiffany about starting a restaurant, culinary education, military life, and how to stay focused on achieving your goals despite overwhelming setbacks. Welcome, Tiffany.
1: Hello, Thank- hello.
0: <laughs> How are you? You look great. So good to be Thank here with you. you.
1: Thank you. That was an amazing uh, introduction. Oh, my gosh. You like me. that intro?
0: Yeah, i have been at the intros, but it's easy. It's easy when, when someone's as amazing as you are. And I'm not going to lie. I'm sort of <laughs> overwhelmed by it all, right? It's it's unbelievable.
1: It is.
0: It truly is an honor to, uh, to spend some time with you today. We've got... Uh, some great questions, but also just time to chat. We'll talk about anything that you want to talk about. Your story is fascinating. And like I said, the more I continue to read or view, the more amazed I become. I love the perseverance. I love the, the determination, right? The grit, I like to say. Yeah. So first and foremost, 100% thank you for serving our country. I truly mean that. Absolutely. So it's clear, Tiffany, that you have this unbelievable uh, sort of internal passion for life, for life, right? Walk us through, if you could, you know, your time in the military and then how that sort of segued into culinary school. How did culinary school come into the picture after serving our country?
1: Well, I always wanted to go into the culinary field. I wanted to be an animal doctor and own a porchy cafe. <laughs> uh,
0: okay. <laughs> okay. I like the combination,
1: right? Yeah. <laughs> right. And so I love animals and I got accepted to Tuskegee University. I had a full day of scholarship. My mother said, you're not going down there shaking your butt. (laughs) 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 And you can go to community college or you can go to the military. And I was like, I got into Tuskegee. I'm (laughs) better than a community college. (laughs) So I ended up joining the Army. I wanted to join the Army as a cook. And the recruiter at the MEP station said, you really don't want to do that. You're going to work on holidays. You're going to work on weekends. You're going to work evenings.
0: Just like the <laughs> industry. Just like the industry, <laughs> right? Yeah. Right.
1: And I was like, I don't think I want to do that because I really don't want to join the military anyway until after college. Uh-oh. So I end up joining ammunition. And every time I got stationed at a different post, it was like, I'm always in the kitchen getting to know the cooks. What are y'all doing? What do y'all got going on? How do you use that piece of equipment? And it, it just never escaped me. And so I found myself in the barracks in Germany, cooking for the guys in the barracks, selling food in the barracks. This is like 2002. And then we ended up getting deployed and I bought a portable oven off walmart.com and they shipped it all the way to Camp Air, John Kuwait.
0: Amazing. <laughs> Was cooking something that was already a part of your life? That's why you wanted to cook in yes. the military as well? Yes. Okay. My okay. grandma,
1: my great-grandma, my aunts, they all grew up in the in the uh, industry cooking and working at different hospitals and catering companies and stuff, okay. but okay. I just didn't let my mother know that I wanted to cook that bad, so,
0: okay.
1: <laughs> yeah, because I would have been in the kitchen with her on the holidays. Nobody got time for that. <laughs>
0: So, so now you're in the military and you are cooking, you're deployed, you're in Germany. And then, then what happens?
1: I'm just cooking for leisure. Um, I'm deployed to Kuwait. I'm cooking for leisure for everybody because we're missing home cooked meals. And then I sure. ended up getting injured. I got medevaced to lawn stool. My medical went downhill from there. I attempted to go back to culinary school, brick and mortar when I got back and they were like, no.
0: So can you share a little bit about what happened? That It was a very significant injury and the diagnosis was not, was not a good one, right?
1: Yeah, the injury was, it was small in the beginning, but the fact that they waited so long to treat me. So I met another soldier who was picking up a pallet of 40 mic Mike Mikes, a half a pallet. It wasn't that heavy. 40 mic Mike Mikes are small missiles. And someone made a joke and she dropped her into the pallet. And when she dropped her in my neck, like, oh, no, like that. Yeah. And so the next day I woke up in our tent and I couldn't move.
0: Oh, my gosh. And so that was oh my-
1: 2004.
0: Okay. OK. I didn't
1: stop walking in two th- until 2012. It took that long.
0: Oh, my goodness.
1: I used to wake up and I'd be paralyzed from the neck down. Um, I'll be trying to tell my body to move. My mind is telling my body, move your arms, move your legs. They're not moving. And my C4-5 pushed through my spinal cord and cut off my spinal fluid flow.
0: So, where does the motivation come from? Then, is it all you as an internal? Is it your family? Was it just this is not going to beat me? I'm going to pursue my dreams. Where does that come ultimately, from? It's special.
1: Ultimately, it's internal. But I had I'm a single mom, single parent, and so I had to be a perfect example for my son. Yeah. Um, when I medically retired, he was in the third or fourth grade, and I used to be in so much pain on so much pain medication, and he used to come home from school and say, "Mom." You just sat in the bed all day. Or he'll come in the house and say, I don't smell nothing cooking. You just Uh sat in the bed all day. And about the fourth time he did that, (laughs) I was like, you know what? I'm not setting a good example. Let me get my butt up. And so I had to become the perfect example in my home for my son because I didn't want him to be lazy or to think that this is what happens when you get injured. You just give up on life.
0: How proud is your son of you today?
1: Yeah. He's proud.
0: He's pretty he's proud. proud. Yeah. I see
1: him smiling and blushing and, oh yeah, that's my mom and stuff like that. I, I'm, <laughs> now that he's a teenager, he just graduated high school. I can definitely see it. And it makes me feel like I've accomplished the biggest goal.
0: That's of a it be- all, such you know? a beautiful story. Beautiful story. Yeah. And you have so much to be proud of, right? every time that you look at him and he looks at you, right? Mm-hmm. I really, really appreciate that story. So you've mentioned that the recovery was long And at that time, you had served already in in the military for 11 years. Would you have continued to serve had it not been for this injury? Okay. Oh, yeah. This would
1: have been my 20th year. 2021 would have been my 20th year in the military. I was... I would have been retiring this year, for real, for real, So of big, 2012.
0: Big thanks to mom, right? You didn't want to go into the military. And
1: <laughs> right. You, now you now throw that back up her. in her face all the time and yeah. say, hey, I'm retired. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> You yeah. made me join the Army.
0: <laughs> yeah, just such a great story and so appreciated. So we move forward then and, and your prognosis becomes better and better. And a lot of it's because your your heart and your mind and your son and your motivation so Escoffier comes into the, you know, the cooking has not left your, your yeah. passion, right? You're still thinking about it. And so Escoffier's online modality becomes sort of the catalyst to you realizing your dream, right? So tell me about how that all came about. How did you discover Escoffier and, and get started?
1: So I finally realized, like, you know, my kid is about to graduate high school in a couple of years. It's time for me to get back on the path of alignment for what I've been wanting to do my whole life. And that's to finally graduate culinary school. And so um, I went to the VA, did all the vocational rehab testing and stuff like that to see if they will allow me to go back to school. And they told me no. And they said, if you go back to a brick and mortar school in, or work in the culinary field, it's going to exacerbate, exacerbate. Now that you say that word, your injury is going to hurt your injuries more. So it, they,
0: it was dangerous. It was dangerous for Correct. you to continue. Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
1: Correct. And so I was like, this is the only thing that I want to do. And I remember the lady said, I'm sorry, Miss Moore, I can't help you. And I sat there in the parking lot and cried. And as I'm scrolling on Instagram, you know, social media fills our time. I said, wait a minute, what is this? Online culinary school? I had this idea in 2006. <laughs> what are you, you saying? <laughs> I went it was and meant I filled to be. out the information. Yeah, that's <laughs> was what I thought. I thought it was yep. meant to be. I filled out the information right there in the car. And by the time I got home, which was about 45 minutes away, someone was calling me and I was enrolled in the next two weeks.
0: Unbelievable story. Yeah. and And so the VA was, they were comfortable with that, right?
1: I couldn't use vocational rehab. I had to use my regular GI Bill.
0: Got it. Okay. So there's two
1: separate pots that I had to look forward to. Yeah.
0: So so then you're enrolled in school pursuing (laughs) your dream. It's all kind of coming together. And then another hiccup, as I understand. Another
1: hiccup. The pain, even though I've had two cervical spine surgeries, I'm in pain like every single day. And it feels like somebody has hit me on the back of the head with a two by four. And so I'm constantly going to the doctor because my arms are still going out on me, especially while I'm doing knife skills with mm-hmm. schoolwork and stuff like that. And the doctors think I have multiple sclerosis and I gotta have a third spine surgery.
0: Unbelievable. <laughs> so, yeah. Unbelievable. So I had to get a
1: CT uh spinal tap and multiple CT and MRI scans and all of that stuff. And it's just like, I'm never gonna be able to complete this. But I had to push past the limits of my mind to complete this goal that I've always wanted because I knew I wasn't going to be happy.
0: I'm just jotting that down. Push past the limits. The
1: limits of, of my mind. Of
0: my mind. Just. I just, said
1: that in my graduation speech too. I gave the, the commencement speech when I graduated. Yeah, yeah.
0: it's brilliant. It's brilliant. Yeah. Your courage, I'm at a loss for any other word than courage. Mm-hmm. Your courage is, is inspiring. It, it really is, Tiffany. And so for those listening, what would you share in terms of, your takeaway or, or any advice, because we all have setbacks, right? As we go through life and we try to pursue our dreams, you not only went on to graduate, but you went on to graduate with honors. And, and as you mentioned, you spoke at the commencement ceremony. Gosh, how does I had family- a
1: dream. <laughs> so I had so- a dream that the uh, the administration was going to ask me, and I had that dream back in like February, March, and I woke up out of my sleep, and I woke the graduation speech. Then, so when they sent me an email asking me to do it, I said, "Oh, I have it to you in 24 hours." They said, "I wrote this out three months ago. Don't worry."
0: <laughs> meant to be, meant to be, if, if, and like you did during the speech. What are your your words of advice for others who are struggling, whether you know, with the pandemic or just in life in general to keep going? Where do you find the courage?
1: I think to myself and I tell people, and I said in my graduation speech, are you limited by your mind or is your mind limitless? To get through life, you're going to have to be mentally strong. Your mind is the strongest muscle, strongest system in your body. It controls everything you do along with your nervous system. So if you lose the mental race, Everything else goes away. It doesn't, doesn't matter. But if you can stay mentally strong, you can get through anything in life.
0: Such anything. great advice. Such great advice. So let's move a little bit forward. Let's chat about Lola Pican. Incredible name. I love it. Thank you. Where did the inspiration come from? Not not just the name, but mm-hmm. but the concept. Farm the table. Is that fair to say? That's the concept, right? So let's talk yeah. about it. Let's this is your chance for a plug. This is a plug for Lola Pecan. <laughs>
1: Lola Pecan will be a farm to table restaurant in Atlanta. I love growing my own food. I feel that my purpose in this universe is to feed life. And so educating and feeding life into people prolongs healthy living, mental stability. And this is what it what helped me get through my issues in life. And so I, Lola Pecan, Lola is my grandmother's name. She passed away last year during the right before the pandemic, February 20th, 2020. And they said she passed from H1N1. I think it was COVID, but whatever. And pecans. We had a, a two big pecan trees growing up in my in the front of my house growing up. And I used to hate picking up the pecans out of the driveway. <laughs> but some of my teachers love pecans. And so I would pick them up and give them as gifts. And I just got on their good side. So you, you
0: <laughs> have been giving for a long, long, long time. So <laughs> what part of Atlanta? Southwest
1: Atlanta. I'm, I wanted to be Southwest Atlanta. My mother brought me some land about three years ago. So I got to on three acres, she's given me an acre of land to build Lola Pecan. So I'm just trying to win as much grants as possible.
0: Oh, I, <laughs> before I, I, I take
1: I, out a loan.
0: I'm so excited <laughs> for you. So let's talk about the grants that you've received or won street Chairs and to serve. Is that correct?
1: Yeah. Five serve. Yes, Five serve. Mm-hmm.
0: serve. What's that process about to receive those types of grants? That's wonderful.
1: So the first grant I received was from Street Shares. It's a nonprofit for military veterans to help okay. you pursue your entrepreneurial dream. And out of 160 applicants, I was the top 18, 13. And then out of that, I was the top three. And out of that, I was the top one. I pitched my farm to table concept at a military influencers conference in the day before Veterans Day, November 2020. And I came in first place. And with coming in first place, I won $15,000. One of the judges, um, she owns Pfizer Financial Services, Clover, First Data,
0: Okay, a tech okay. company.
1: And um, while I'm giving my speech, apparently she was getting texts saying, oh, that's Chef Tiffany Moore. She catered our event three years ago. <laughs> so when I got off stage, she ran up to me and said, oh, my gosh, I did not know that was you. I've been getting text messages. Send me an email right now. I have a grant for you. I have something for you. So I did exactly what she asked. And she put me in for a grant with her company for $10,000. And then at the last minute, a law firm, Holland and Knight, they have offices all over the states and international. They gave me $20,000 in legal fees, free legal fees.
0: So it has
1: been an amazing journey since graduating from Escoffia. It's like the doors are just Opening up because the world, I'm on the path that I never
0: let me. The world comes together in a beautiful way, doesn't it? Uh, through perseverance yes. and determination. So what was that journey? Yet another chapter in your life. What was that journey like? Well, you're still on that journey, opening a restaurant, yeah. especially for our students listening. So you're an entrepreneur and a celebrity, but what's that process like? So securing funding is one thing, but there's yeah. so much that goes into a business plan, Right. Brand, right? So Correct. The- so
1: that's been, I think the business plan has been the main portion of spending the money because they are expensive. It's a lot of <laughs> redoing and researching and do this and do that. And I'm like, oh my God, I did not. I just thought I can just get money and just go open up something. It doesn't work like that because I definitely don't want to fail once I've been through all of this. So I have to have a sound business plan, have discipline about how I'm spending the funds, make sure I'm doing it and using them allocating them appropriately. So yeah, it's it's a lot. It's not as easy as I thought it was going to be or how easy people make it seem. (laughs) Definitely not.
0: (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Well, the business plan is all about location. Yeah. Location, the business plan. Talk about the menu. Talk about what that process feels like. What's the menu going to be like? And are you testing? The menu
1: is going to have Of course, farm to table foods. I'm going to grow my own on my on my property and then also source locally from other uh, local farms. I'm going to make my I make my own seasonings already. I know another other chefs that make their own seasonings, So I'm going to recycle the dollars for small business owners and entrepreneurs and other chefs. I'm going to have a vegan food as well. I do a lot of good vegan food. And I'm not vegan. I say I'm vegan ish because when I smell pork ribs, (laughs) yeah, when I smell pork ribs, it's over. So I'm definitely (laughs) going to have some barbecue. I think I'm one of the only women that makes the best barbecue in the world. (laughs)
0: You're confident. I like that. I like that, right?
1: (laughs) But I'm just going to have a little bit of everything. Um, I'm definitely going to play on the last name, of Pecan, as I make my own semifredos. I got my own uh, pecan pancakes. I got my own gelatos. I have a pecan vinaigrette. So I'm definitely going to have pecans incorporated in the menu as well.
0: Oh, it's just incredible. Atlanta's in for a treat, right? they are well, well they maybe are. the whole maybe the whole nation is going to be in for a treat what a story i hope you come back right because i think we have more to talk about it's such an amazing yeah. story what advice not just for our listening audience but for other members of the military for life after the military what advice do you have for your colleagues
1: mm-hmm. That's a good one. If you get stuck and stagnant and stuck on, well, when I did this, when I was in the military, and you never learn how to adjust to the civilian world, you will get lost. You will get depressed. And the more and more you pull away from your friends and family, you're going to get lonely. And that is not the place you want to be. 22 soldiers on average commit suicide every day. And they do that because they have not adapted to the real world that's around them yet. I see it all the time. And that is the main thing. It is, it's hard to, ad- I joined the military at 18, like a lot of us. When you join straight out of high school or that young, it's easier to shape and mold your mind. And so when you get out at 20 years later and you're 42 years old, you went in at 18, it's like, wait a minute. It's hard to adapt. Yeah. It's hard to adapt. Yeah. You want, Especially if you're in a leadership position. Mm-hmm. No yeah. one is not going to take a, listen to your authority because you have none out here. You have none outside those gates of posts. And so I find it very difficult for a lot of people to adjust. And you're going to have to learn how to adjust. You're going to have to learn how to commingle back into society, or you're going to get left behind. You're going to feel lost. You're not going to be happy. Nobody's going to want to be around you.
0: Have friends reached out, have colleagues.
1: Oh yeah. Always for advice, following benefits, being mentally strong. How are you doing this T-mo? Like what was going on with you? Like, I've been looking up to you since you left Germany. You haven't stopped. Like, I can't stop. And yeah. the fact that I know that people are looking up to me, that's another reason why I can't stop. Because if I fail, that means they're going to think that it's okay to fail. And it's not okay to fail. No, not so on your own, not knowingly, purposely failing.
0: So 18, you joined and and were you immediately deployed to Germany? Was that the first country you went to? Yeah. How I long? joined
1: a week before 9-11.
0: Oh my goodness. When does the book come out? Can I just ask that? When does the book come out? (laughs) I
1: I am working on
0: it. I I, am working on it. I expect a signed copy, and then, and then the movie. Then the movie. The movie will be (laughs) shortly thereafter. What an amazing story! (laughs) So, are you able to divulge or share? Sort of, you got the restaurant going on. You're raising your son. You're supporting fellow military. What else is going on? Is there room for anything else? <laughs> oh, oh she, she's batting her room. eyes. Okay. Okay. Okay.
1: <laughs> always room. I may or may not be a TV chef soon.
0: Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness.
1: <laughs> yeah. So a couple of shows have reached out to me. I've always been against culinary competition shows because I just don't see how you get you can do all of that stuff in the time frame they give you. but and I think I'm gonna give one show a chance.
0: okay okay yeah. <laughs> Well that was coy and very politically correct so I, I appreciate that <laughs> That's a really great comment so so the timing for a cooking show like that there must be so much that goes on behind the scenes right
1: yeah but, but is, as a viewer yeah
0: so are you learning more about it?
1: Yeah, I'm learning more about it. I don't like it.
0: (laughs) You see, I'm prying. I'm prying a little bit here. I'm prying. I don't like it. That's
1: not my thing. I don't like when I'm in the kitchen, like I need my jazz music playing, like my food. I create edible plates of artistry. I can't do that if my mind is in a disarray because we're rushing this and rushing that. Like I need it to be okay. I think I, I, I'm a michelin star chef in my head. <laughs> <laughs> hey,
0: what well, time, again,
1: I need patience,
0: confidence, <laughs> confidence. Right? Is that a yeah. goal? Is that a goal to be recognized at that level? Is that a?
1: It was a goal until one of the chef instructors at Escoffier asked me to research and find out about why Michelin even exists in the first place. And once I did my research, I was like wow, well, that's not really exciting anymore.
0: <laughs> yeah, just cook for you, cook for you. That's the important yeah. piece, right? Will your son be involved? Is he going to be involved in the business? Or? I
1: don't, he's going off to Albany State and study business management. He has his oh, own good. dreams. That's wonderful. Pursue so yeah.
0: And his mom set a good example.
1: He knows how to cook, but he doesn't want to cook. (laughs) Yeah,
0: (laughs) I love it. Do you see additional education in your future? So you had a great time at Escoffier. You love to cook. Could there be a cooking school associated with Lola Pecan? Perhaps teach. Uh Oh, I just gave her an idea. I just gave her an idea. You
1: did just give me an idea because during the pandemic, I had like companies hitting me up asking me to give virtual cooking classes. I did some for some sororities. I did something for a Sustainable uh, Waste Industries Company after they saw my video for the grant that I won. So I don't know. People hit me up all the time about it. I had, a, I had, had fun doing it. So I don't know.
0: People love anyway, to cook. People love to cook yeah. and they love to come together. So let's back up again to the pandemic because you're on this path. You're about to open up a restaurant. You've got the catering stuff going on as well. Did you have to hit the brakes a little bit because of the pandemic? Did things get put on hold a little bit?
1: Not really. Um, With the event hall, uh, my mother and I own an event venue, and that's where I do my catering and stuff at. We paid it off two, three years ago.
0: Okay. Okay. So
1: we didn't really get hit financially in that aspect. We had just paid the monies to put a kitchen, a full-on bigger kitchen and renovate the kitchen inside the venue though. So that had to come to a halt. But I just got back on my grind and started focusing on me. I had applied for that grant that I won in November. I had applied in April and I didn't get selected. And so I just went back to the drawing board, working on my menus, my recipes, getting my recipe book together for when I finally opened the restaurant. So I just, I just focused on the base.
0: Yeah, That's what I did.
1: Yeah. I did a lot of chef Tifmo to go meals to test out my menus and stuff like that, and. Great. I made more in the pandemic than I did the year before. <laughs> so I didn't get no type of PPP, EIDL, no nothing, or the RFF. I didn't even get any of that because I made more money in the pandemic than I did the year prior.
0: Success, success. So we didn't talk about the catering business. Is this ongoing as well on the side? Yes. or
1: Yes, I still have it. Yeah.
0: And is that located in Atlanta as well?
1: Yes, it is. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh my gosh. I don't know where you find the time. I don't know where you find the time. So we're getting to a point where we'll wrap it up, but I always like to, um, I like to, first of all, welcome you back again. When the restaurant opens, I want to chat more. You know, speaking of which this day and age, what's the menu physically going to be like? Are you going online? Are you doing a code? Are you going to go old school with the menu that gets presented to the customers? I miss getting a menu. And yeah. This, I
1: got to have a menu because it's going to change. Weekly, there you go. So it's gonna, yeah.
0: Well, farm the table, right? So you're going to, you're going to yeah. follow the season and the harvest mm-hmm. and all of that. But yeah, so that's and my can
1: Follow my mind whenever yeah. I feel like cooking.
0: There, there <laughs> you go. There you go. It's, it's the special. I always
1: say, if you're in my kitchen, you're in my mind.
0: <laughs> oh, I love it. That should be on the, on the cover of the menu. I, I like that a lot. Yeah. So speaking of menus, The name of the the podcast is The Ultimate Dish. So Tiffany, what in your mind is The Ultimate Dish? Mm, The
1: Ultimate Dish to me is good friends, family, great times, just eating great food and imbibing on some adult beverages and seeing people's faces light up when they taste something interesting to them that they would have never tasted before. And the fact that I'm introducing it to them and they trust me enough to eat it like I love I love introducing people to new flavors, new items, new new food groups. Just I love that. That makes me feel great and it, I'm sure it makes my, my my friends and family and customers feel great as well. To see their yeah. faces light up cuz you know when you get some good food and you do a little dance, you just <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love seeing people do that.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. So that's a great answer, right? So it's really about the ambiance and it's a it's around you know, who's around the table with you. And then the food is just part of that. I love that. That's a great, great, great response. Tiffany, I want to thank you. I'm so inspired by you. And I know so many, so many of Escoffier's alumni and current students are are motivated by you to get to the finish line. I wish you only the best uh, in the future. And when I get a chance to come down to Atlanta, I hope you have a table for me. Yes,
1: sir,
0: I will. <laughs> thank you again, Tiffany.
1: Thank
0: you. Thank you for listening to the Ultimate Dish Podcast brought to you by Auguste Escoffier School of Culinary Arts. Visit escoffier.edu forward slash podcast where you'll find any materials mentioned during the podcast, including notes, links, and other resources. You can also browse other episodes and subscribe.